You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And welcome back. This is a segment which we just love. It's called Dust Up. It's with uh, Dusty Christensen, the extraordinary investigative reporter um, that, uh, well, that is he's always uncovering something that we find at a minimum, fascinating and usually important. Hello, Dusty. Hey, thanks for having me on. It is a pleasure to have you on. So uh, I'm looking at an article right now, a privileged selection, Northampton School Planning Committee draws ire from critics, which was written by you on the shoestring, the independent news for Western Massachusetts. So why don't you tell us about, well, Number one, what attracted you to this? And number two, summarize what this uh, article is all about. Yeah, so I think uh, sort of the context here is that a very big fight that's undoubtedly going to happen, it does every year, uh, but this year especially in the city council and the school committee in particular. For Northampton. For Northampton, that's right, is going to be over uh, school funding. Uh, This is a year when a lot of COVID relief funds that schools across the country have been relying on are drying up. And uh, it's also a a year when uh, some of the impacts of COVID are still affecting us. Uh, Kids are still needing a lot of extra supports despite those funds drying up. Um, The district just uh, signed a new collective bargaining agreement with its teachers. And so amidst a lot of uh, moving pieces financially, uh, the superintendent and mayor have both put forward uh, respective uh, ideas about what the budget th- should look like that include uh, significant staff cuts. Now, I should say that... Well, that I just want to say, it looks like there's a $2.7 million deficit they're right. projecting. Right, yeah. We can get into the why that deficit exists. Uh, it's something that the mayor's been talking about, not just this year, but in previous years, sort of warning that this was uh, ahead. And I should note that, uh, that Northampton is not the only district that is kind of facing these difficult choices. Uh, I saw in the Gazette, uh, my former colleague St- Scott Mersbach just reported a couple of days ago that uh, officials there are signaling they may have to cut 20 staff members, their own balancing of the budget. Um, So this sort of fiscal cliff is what a lot of people are calling it nationally with these COVID funds drying up is something that a lot of districts are facing. So uh, that's going to be a battle. And we can get into kind of uh, the reasons behind those that budget deficit uh, in, in a little bit. But, um, but amid all of that, uh, the schools are in the midst of strategic planning, uh, trying to envision... We're back to the Northampton That's schools. right, Northampton schools, uh, trying to envision what is coming for the school district within the next five years and some big decisions that need to be made. And uh, the, the new superintendent, Dr. Bonner, uh, has put together a 19-member uh, strategic planning committee in order to sort of envision what the city schools will be like uh, for the foreseeable future in the next five years. And... Um, And in putting that committee together, it drew some criticism from uh, the staff union within Northampton schools, uh, from some members of the city council and school committee who suggested that – it didn't represent the the complete uh, uh, range of stakeholders within the schools. For example, there was only one teacher on this uh, committee. Um, one teacher out of 19 members. That's right. The the head of the Chamber of Commerce was on there. A school committee and, and, and city council member were on there, uh, though it's my understanding that, that those two were just selected. There wasn't a sort of a broad application put out to either of those bodies, like is sometimes the case with these kinds of committees. So um, so uh, the, the union felt like they were not consulted uh, 
properly. They were disappointed. There was no para educators. There was uh, there were uh, there's nobody from the special education uh, uh, committees, advisory councils uh, in the schools, and a whole bunch of other stakeholders that they felt like were were left out. So this is kind of one more chapter in what's what's sort of gearing up to be a pretty big fight over the the school's budget. As a reader, Dusty Christensen, so here we have a story about the fact that they were going to convene this uh, committee to look at this, that, that the deficit existed and what the prospects, the dangerous prospects were. But as an investigative reporter, you saw a story within the story, and the story that you wanted to focus on is how it was comprised, how the, not the just the problem itself, but also how the problem was being addressed. Yeah, this story came onto my radar because I was just reporting on the budget uh, issues, the sort of debate around the budget. Um, there's differing opinions on the school committee about what has caused this budget deficit and the ways to fix it. And, uh, you know, amid all of that, as I was making calls around to school committee and uh, city council members, I heard and, and listening to municipal meetings, a joint meeting of the city council and school committee, I, I heard that this group had already met, in fact, the strategic planning committee. I'm somebody who checks Northampton uh, uh, agendas very frequently to see when public bodies are meeting. I noticed there was no agenda for this committee, which presumably means they're meeting behind closed doors. And I was curious who's on this committee to be planning the future of Northampton schools. It seems like a pretty important question for us as the public to know. I reached out to the superintendent's office after being directed that way uh, by a school committee member. And uh, eventually the school, uh, the superintendent's office put out this list of people on the committee. And in reaching out to various stakeholders, it became clear that uh, while some people are excited, I think everybody's excited about the work this committee is going to be doing, uh, a lot of uh, the people I spoke to were not happy with the way that the committee was put together. This is Dan. Um, what exactly is this committee doing? Re-envisioning? I mean, it just sounds too broad. What is the mandate specifically for this committee that's been created? I think, you know, strategic planning is something that school districts as well as other, uh, you know, public bodies do uh, occasionally in order to start to understand what direction they want to head in, in the next five years. So, you know, there's a lot of questions, not just in Northampton schools, uh, that need to be addressed as you start thinking forward to future budgets. For example, a lot of Northampton school buildings are old, to just give one example. And so I'm sure Northampton, like East Hampton, where I live, and many other communities here locally, will have big choices about whether to build a couple new school buildings or maybe consolidate the elementary schools, for example, into one big new building. That's what happened in, in East Hampton. And Amherst. And Amherst. Uh, that, there's no guarantee that's what's going to happen in Northampton. But these are the kinds of questions that uh, Strategic Planning Committee is going to be grappling with and, and uh, starting to put together a plan for over the next five years in, in this case. Dusty, did you find out whether Northampton schools and the, in particular the buildings are going to require an enormous capital investment and or being raised and or being replaced the way the schools buildings in East Hampton and Amherst were? Uh, the person I spoke to most about this was Gwen Agna, who, as you all know, is now an at-large member of the, the school committee, but spent uh, decades uh, working in the city schools uh, and as a principal and, and, and in other roles. And, um, you know, she rightly pointed out that uh, that these buildings are old. 
Uh, as we move forward, uh, the state is going to be requiring municipalities and the whole state in general to be uh, net zero carbon emissions in the future. So that is certainly an issue that the city is going to have to address in its own buildings. COVID also really exposed the extent to which a lot of these older buildings have really bad ventilation in them. It's something that maybe we didn't think about as much uh, before when the when those buildings were being built that now in the COVID era, we really give a lot of thought to. So, you know, uh, it's my understanding that that some people feel like those schools it would require massive investments in order to bring those schools up to quality in, in those specific areas and that a lot of cities have opted instead just to build new schools uh, wholesale in order to address some of those issues. It seems to me uh, that this idea there – therefore, this idea of having a strategic planning committee uh, to look forward, long-range planning – uh, is actually a really good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is something that uh, that all sorts of public bodies do in cities across our, our region. And uh, I think... And who, I who initiated it in Northampton? Uh, it's the, uh, this, the superintendent has been talking about it, uh, Portia Bonner, since she came into the, the district. Um, uh, it's something that's a collective process. The city council, for example, allocated money for the, the, the work that needs to be done. And, and I believe to have like a, a moderator to, to facilitate those, those meetings, uh, I think from the collaborative... Uh, for educational services. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a really important process. And I think that's where a lot of this tension came in that, um, that, you know, there were the members of this committee, uh, there was only, again, there was only one teacher. The union says that they weren't even properly consulted about having their members on the committee until after the first meeting. Um, and, uh, you know, other people have pointed out that, uh, that you know, it was not sort of an open process to, to invite people to, to express interest in joining the committee. Rather, uh, it was um, sort of selected behind closed doors. At least that's the, the critics' take on it. Well, it seems to me that you'd want on the committee people who are knowledgeable, who are involved in the community, who understand the budget of Northampton, who understand the competing uh, fiscal requirements of the city. It's not just a matter of... Uh, who might be interested? I think it's a matter of who brings skill, and what, and and also it's got to be limited in numbers. I mean, you're going to have a c- committee meeting of. 35 or 40 people. That I don't think I don't think anybody's suggesting having 35 members, Bill. Uh, I think people are suggesting that perhaps a paraeducator or a custodian who works in the building might have uh, as much to add as, say, the head of the Chamber of Commerce who is on this committee. Uh, this is Dan. Can the committee serve as a like public entity? I don't know if that makes sense, but it, does it work like a... Do they have to publish... When is, it open will meeting be, is it open meeting laws and all that stuff? You know, that's a great question. They're, they're certainly uh, not posting their agendas, at least that I've seen, uh, you know, and um, this is not the only committee that has, has met like that. And I know that there's probably different requirements for these kinds of committees as compared to a school committee or a city council. Right. I think it came out of a joint meeting did it not with this, between the school committee and the council is that how this Yeah that's a, that's my understanding I mean you know I and 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 being driven forward really by the the superintendent who wants to you know uh to to start thinking about the future which is a really important thing for for the city schools and for the city as a whole um so uh so yeah there's a really important questions to be uh, addressing here and um and I know some people were frustrated that uh that there was not a broader range of stakeholders included in that process we are talking with investigative reporter Dusty Christensen about the Northampton School. Well, long-range planning and committee is a strategic planning committee. Strategic planning, yeah. And um, uh, well, 
some feel wonderful about it, and it sounds like some are uh, frustrated by its composition or maybe by the process by which it was uh, composed. Um, we're going to continue our conversation with Dusty right after this. We're a long, long way from home, Bob. Home's a long, long way from us. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. We're continuing our conversation with investigative reporter Dusty Christensen, who has uh, authored, written an article called A Privileged Selection. Northampton School Planning Committee draws ire from critics. Um, and I guess what I'd like to ask you, Dusty, is as an outsider, how investigative reporting happens. Did you develop it? There is a perspective here, which is a critique of the process of the composition of the uh, Strategic Planning Committee. Did you develop that perspective to offer us, readers, listeners, as you were doing the story? Or did you start with that perspective and then investigate with that in mind? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I think sometimes it works one way, sometimes it works the other. In, in this case, uh, there was a big um, and, and somewhat contentious uh, joint meeting between the school committee and the city council in which this strategic planning committee was mentioned. And as I began following up with city councilors and school committee members about that meeting and just the overall budget crunch that the uh, the city and the schools are going to be facing, uh, the work of this strategic planning committee came up. And, uh, and I was so curious to know what the composition of it was and when they were meeting. And so uh, in reaching out to people, I got directed to the superintendent's office and Eventually, the names of uh, of the committee were put out. And so just like any story, uh, you start reaching out to people about the new information that you've learned. And it quickly became evidence that, that for some folks, uh, the school employees union being the big one in Northampton, uh, there was some frustration about the process. Um, part of the story is this incredible budget deficit. Yeah. Um, um, and I guess the superintendent requested an 8% increase yes. in the school budget um, to the city council. That was then cut, I think, by the school committee to 4%? Uh, th- so so the, the budget, they're, they're still going to be working through the budget. The, uh, the superintendent put out uh, a first-look budget um, much earlier, I should say, than previous uh, superintendents. This is really getting ahead of the ball, putting out this uh, proposed first-look budget, in which you're right, she presented uh, an 8% increase over the previous year. Uh, but I should note that despite that 8% increase, that would still leave a budget gap for several reasons. The drying up of COVID relief funds, as we talked about. Um, uh, she also uh, noted that the district has uh, for years now been drawing money out of its school choice funds. This is money that comes into the district when students uh, make the choice to attend Northampton as opposed to their home districts. Um, That is not a fund that uh, is recurring revenue in the sense that it comes in at the same amount every year. It it fluctuates. It's not dependable. And so the the mayor's point, uh, not just this year, but in previous years, is that if you are drawing money out of those funds, it inevitably creates 
creates a hole in the budget because it's not recurring revenue. What the mayor was saying, has been saying for a long time, and what this superintendent has recognized and was dealt a bad hand coming in, is that there's a structural deficit. The city filled it with one-time funds last year. The mayor said, this is a bad idea, this is a bad idea, this is a bad idea, because we're going to come to a fiscal cliff, and it's going to come soon, and here we are. And she proposed 8% increase. Uh, That was cut to 4%, which is significantly higher than every other department in the city, which is 2.5% this year. So the question is, where's the money going to come from? And unless there's some magical infusion of funds, why and how will they ever avoid layoffs? and can I just add the four percent increase still leaves the schools with about two point seven million dollar deficit, right? The eight percent increase would have left it with almost a five million dollar deficit, right? Uh, there's no? uh, the, both both of these budgets uh, so. and uh, both of these proposed uh, budgets. And again, we have to stress that nothing is final here. The school committee, the city council, the mayor—they're going to be working through the school budget and the overall city budget in general. Um, in the coming months, it's something everybody should be paying attention to. Obviously, us as reporters will be paying attention to it. Um, but yes, both of those budgets, whether it's the one proposed by the superintendent or the mayor, would result in staffing cuts. I think another important point to mention here, and it's one that uh, that one city uh, school committee member has been raising in particular, Michael Stein, uh, is um, – is you know uh, the superintendent Bonner pointed to an increase in staffing in 2018 uh, as um, part of the reason, uh, just one of the reasons why uh, we're facing this budget, these budget questions now. That was the year when the district moved to a new special education inclusion model, uh, it, the WINS model, I believe, is what it's called. There was lots of news coverage of it at the time, and. Um, uh, th- Michael Stein has been raising in these meetings that since then, the district, the superintendent prior to Superintendent Bonner, had not built the cost of that new staffing into, and the the mayor as well, had not built the cost of that staffing model into the appropriation from the city and had instead, as as people are now pointing out, been using non-recurring revenue sources to plug that hole. So this is going to be the big battle ahead in the school committee, in the city council, is how do you deal with that now? Does the city increase its allocation for the schools? If so, what other department takes a cut? Because that's inevitably the balance that you have to make as a, as a mayor, as a school committee, as a city council. Dusty Christensen, what is uh, so wonderful when we have the opportunity to talk to you and look at the work that you do as an investigative reporter is – uh, we never want to go deeply into the weeds. You make the weeds easier to understand. <laughs> We're really grateful. They're important issues that you're always covering. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Uh, well, it's fun for us too. And listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be back with you tomorrow.